This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash Boathouse Studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. God, I've had to work hard every day of my life, and what do I have to show for it? This briefcase and this haircut! And what do you have to show for your lifetime of sloth and ignorance? Everything! A dream house, two cars, a beautiful wife, a son who owns a factory, fancy clothes, and lobsters for dinner! And do you deserve any of it? No! You're what's wrong with America, Simpson. You coast through life, you do as little as possible, and you leech off of decent, hardworking people like me. If you lived in any other country in the world, you'd have starved to death long ago. You're a fraud. A total fraud. It was nice meeting you. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Wow. <laughs> what a marathon that I went for it. That speech is. Well done. Well Thank done. You. That is that is the speech. That is that's the one. That's the hypothesis, the sorry, the thesis I think of this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely the episode. Yeah. Definitely also, the episode. Also the season's a good uh addition yeah yeah i would i would argue I, I i think you can make the argument it doesn't really hold together entirely much like none of the Sim- simpson seasons really do hold together thematically but i think if you could take uh one thing away from this season it's they're showing homer and for all of his flaws that he's not a admirable character and uh, millhouse is a wiener <laughs> those are yeah. the the Those two the important theses. Two most important theses. Yeah. Of the of the entire thing. What are you doing over there? What's what's going on here? Like I pulled up quotes, but they have video ads at like, the top of this uh this fandom page for The Simpsons. Oh, fantastic. So right now they're advertising another wikia for The Last of Us. Oh. Oh good. Yeah. Oh, now it's uh She Hulk adds Ruffalo on Disney Plus. Oh, Question what the hell? Boy. Yeah. What is happening? That's a conversation for another time. That's this is the world. It's, uh, uh, it's I guess so. Yeah, it's a world. Oh, hi, of... hi, everybody. Everybody. This is two bad hi. neighbors. <laughs> Your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. My name is Greg. My name's Alan. And we're doing it. We're not letting you ride this thing out alone. Hello. No. We'll we're be here there. for you. Yeah, we'll be there. If not every step of the way, then at least a few of them. Because if, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year, you guess know what? who you can count on. You can count on us. Because <laughs> we're moving on up. Moving on up. To the east side. Everybody knows your name. Because <laughs> suicide is painless. <laughs> and I can't do this all on my own. No, I know. I'm no Superman. The Wonder Years. <laughs> was that a theme song? And just like sure it? was. Okay. No, yeah. no, it's not. <laughs> uh, anyway, we're here to talk about The Simpsons. None of those yes, other shows are. we just yes, referenced. We um, 
And we have a guest. Yes, we do. Do you? First time guest. Mm. Mm-hmm. First time guest. His name is David Gabbert. You might know him from such podcasts as the Y Academy podcast. Ooh. The first, best, and only podcast for the students of the Y Academy. And um, also other things like impromptu theater mm-hmm. and theater outre here in Lethbridge, Alberta. That's where Greg is. That's where I am. Yeah, that's why I said here. Unfortunately, I, was, I wasn't yeah. able to keep the shroud of mystery up. <laughs> but it's, it's an exciting myself. place, Greg. It is an exciting place. It's like the happening place. It's the epicenter of culture and arts in North America. Mm. Oh, we're mm-hmm. being funny now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh. <laughs> but no, I was um, uh, I, I was until very recently doing a show called the Sissy Duckling, and it was a lot of fun. We have a lot of uh, fun songs, and if you want to check those out, they will be premiering on Facebook very soon, and mm-hmm. uh, we will do that show when the world gets back on its axis. Yay. Yay! But in the meantime, we're here <laughs> to talk about one of the best episodes of The Simpsons that there's ever been. Yeah, it's called Homer's Enemy. Do we want to? Do you want to first? Okay. <laughs> but first, yeah, Dave's actually a first-time guest. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And it's been a while <laughs> since we've had a first-time guest on. And uh, something we like to do with all of our first-time guests is ask them the very simple question, what's your story? Now, Alan can break this question down a lot better than I can. So, Alan, what do we mean when we ask, what's your story? Well, (laughs) it's pretty simple, actually. I don't know why I'm always the one who needs to do it. Oh, what what what's your what's your deal with the simpsons did you grow up with it did you not do you give a shit about it is this the first time you've watched it do you have a favorite episode do you not have a favorite episode do you hate everything in the world that is lovely uh you know just let us know what your relationship is with the simpsons up to this point in your life all right uh yeah i did grow up with the simpsons but my relationship with the simpsons was more of a trading illegal cartoon watching hours before my parents were home in the backyard with my brothers. Uh, I was not allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. It was going to corrupt me. It was going to teach me all of life's vices and shape me into a Bart instead of a Lisa. Hopefully I got that quote right. We were not allowed to watch Care Bears, much less anything of like, yeah, the Care Bear stare apparently was something too much for my parents. It was Satan. It was. They lived in clouds. That's like, that's, that's heavenly. I don't get that. That's weird to me. Yeah. I don't get it either. But the Simpsons was so far down the totem pole that we would get home soon after school. And before my mom got home from work, we would watch the Simpsons. Um, We would watch as much as we could and try not to get caught. And our brothers, my brothers and I would usually rat on each other. Oh yeah. We were, we were great siblings to one another, but we would tell on each other and be like, Oh, Dan was watching the Simpsons. Oh, Matt was watching the Simpsons. Oh, David was watching the Simpsons. And that's, that's how it went. You, uh, you had like, Snitches for brothers, <laughs> and I was a and snitch you were of a, a brother. Snitch. How did you get through that? That's insane. And That's... more importantly, did any of them ever get stitches? Good question. Uh, yeah, all of us mm. would yep. be the correct answer. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, my theory one brother... holds true. Oh, so much so. Yeah. So so much so. 
like you, you guys are you and your brothers. I've met your brothers before. You are tall, strong people. I can only strapping young men. I can only imagine what kind of uh, brutality you went through with having. You have two brothers, right? I have two brothers. Uh, it's just I called am, two brothers. It's just two brothers. I'm the oldest. I am the runt of the litter at six foot two and a half. That's wild. Um, they hold on will... six foot two. Yep, mm-hmm. and he's the small okay. one. I'm, You're I'm the, the small guy. Yep. All right. Yep. <laughs> fucking shrimp the like skinny svelte brother of the gobbert family and the <laughs> shortest one you know as you do mm-hmm. uh yeah there what doesn't kill you makes you stronger yep yeah we'll just we'll leave it at that i was the biggest growing up so they got the worst of it that's sure. for sure so when you were doing these um illicit watchings of the simpsons it was happening in a backyard like not literally, but it seemed thematically to be more poignant to say it was a backyard deal. Oh, so you lied? I yeah, I, okay. I, I do that a lot. Just like I lied to my mom, I lied to you about that. Right it was now, poetic. Greg. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it was in the it was in the living room. So we had a sunken living room on the farmhouse that I grew up in. Oh, um, and there was the the good old tube TV, five channels. Um, one of which was um, it was called ITV at the time, and then later became Global. Oh yeah, uh, and we would watch The Simpsons on that after school and during these illicit viewings did you have a favorite episode that would come on in syndication probably the one i don't know if i'd call it my favorite but the one i saw the most often was the monorail episode oh it's yeah the one that left the the most distinct impression in my mind um now do what you about it do you remember what monorail means mm, yeah it's a train that runs on one track. Mono means one. One. Mm-hmm. Rail, rail means rail. <laughs> I'm this, really glad I didn't conclu- overthink. This concludes your extensive three recourse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I feel so much more like familiar with the Simpsons. You can be you can be a monorail conductor now. That's yes. that's all you need. Stop. Go. That, yeah, mono, that's it. Rail. Stop. Go. Mono. Stop. Go. Mono. Rail. I wish this whole outbreak <laughs> thing was just mono. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll be a very different world yeah, yeah. anywho do you uh, think if it was mono if we'd be kissing a lot more i sure would i'd be kissing <laughs> everyone give me that i met mono. you i met you and me Greg. <laughs> oh yeah i'd be kissing everyone you're my uh, best man of course i would be kissing <laughs> you. that's right that's, that's one of the duties yeah that's it if the group wants to get kissed the best man's gotta do it <laughs> gotta step up yeah <laughs> if he wants a little kiss, <laughs> skim a little. Mwah. Yeah, just a kiss. Mwah. <laughs> uh, sorry. What, what about the monorail episode? Do you do you remember? Like, do you remember any specific jokes that you loved, or is it just an oh. episode in general that sticks out in your mind? It's just an episode in general that sticks out in my mind. I don't recall any specific jokes in particular. I remember the monorail crashing, and um, I have always had a fascination with the disaster movies since Independence Day came out, and I think that would probably be the takeaway from that, would be, like, the crash and the demise of, like, this is going to make our town better. No, it's not. Crash, burn, boom. Now, that's what I call a close encounter. Oh, very good. That's a line from Independence Day. <laughs> sure is. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Uh, <laughs> cool. Oh, boy. Thanks, uh, David. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for telling us your story. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you for. for and before we dive into this episode, is this the first time you've seen this episode, or have you, do you recall seeing it previously? I I don't have memories of this episode until I watched it uh, with Greg. Uh, Wonderful. It was the first time I think I've seen it. Wow, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that going in. That's and, great. Uh, I want you to. I want everybody to know we watched it on the Disney Plus, which has changed their format from uh, 16 by 9 full screen to 16 by 9 full screen pan and scan. Really? Yes, they are. I watched it on Disney Plus as well, and I didn't notice. They're panning and scanning. Huh. It sucks even more now. (laughs) Although I was mostly like writing notes and looking up facts and shit because I've seen this episode so many times. I didn't really need to pay super close attention. So, yeah. Um, anyway, we are talking about Homer's Enemy. This is the 23rd episode of season eight, written by John Schwartzwelder, directed by Jim Reardon. Original air date, May 4th, 1997. May the 4th, be, be with, with you. us Be with all. you. Every one of us. So, John Schwartzwelder, this has got to be, like, close. Like, he, he's, he's far and away the most prolific writer on the Simpsons writing staff, mailing in his first draft scripts from a Unabomber-style shack in Nebraska. Um, Yet he always seems to hit the nail on the head when it comes to, well, just some of the, some of the best, uh, some of the best Simpsons episodes that there are. And when he uh, tries to make a point on the Simpsons, those episodes are usually the ones where, the point actually works. It's getting driven home. Uh, I can back this up. <laughs> uh, yeah. With, uh, with episodes like Homer, the vigilante Bart gets famous. The boy who knew too much itchy and scratchy land. Homer, the great Bart's comet radioactive man, Bart, the fink Homer, the Smithers, the day the violence died, you only move twice. Mountain of Madness, Homer versus the Eighteenth Amendment, the Old Man and the Lisa, and Homer's Enemy. These are just a few of the writing samples that I've chosen to ha- outline, but those are the episodes that I think from the first season to now are about something. Because in this podcast, we have endeavored to lately try and identify institutions that the uh, Simpsons themselves are trying to highlight and subvert because that's one of the things that the Simpsons is so very good at. It was basically what they were based upon in the very beginning. And I think Homer's enemy is trying to subvert the very idea of a show like the Simpsons or of a person like Homer Simpson in general. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this episode... In particular, of course, is basically about when you really look at it, is Homer Simpson a good person? (laughs) (laughs) And the episode posits, probably not. Probably not. Yeah. I think my parents agree with this episode. Oh, yeah. So many (laughs) parents agree. Well, and and it's less about Homer being a bad person and more drawing to attention the fact that Homer is a cartoon character mm-hmm. that is our hero for purposes of uh, audience uh, surrogateness or whatever. And if a real human being, 
a real-life American human male, encountered Homer Simpson, they would be driven to madness and suicide. Very quickly. Very quickly, within days. Uh, Because, yes, Homer is not... The thing is, he's not a bad person. It's just that he, you know, like like in that speech that Grimes gives, he coasts through life and everything works out for him. He doesn't have to work hard ever. And it's because he lives in a fictional world. So, of course, (laughs) everything's going to work well for him. They're not going to on a comedy cartoon primetime show or cable. I don't know what those terms are. Um, Primetime network television. Yes. Thank you. Um, On that kind of show, they're not going to like inject actual real stakes and, you know, make him suffer for uh, things that he does. Like it's just, it's, it's supposed to be funny. And so it's interesting to see what happens when, they throw in this character who's arguably the most real character they've ever written. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the whole point of this episode. It's the, it's the, what if a normal guy? And it's one of the, <laughs> it's one of the simplest concepts they've ever, ironically, they've ever thrown at the show. And yet I don't know if you could have done it as effectively any earlier than this season. Right. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think, I don't, well, yes and no. <laughs> okay. I think it worked, I think it was the perfect time for it to, to come. Um, I will say that. Uh, it's a perfect, in my opinion, end of the golden years. Yeah. Um, even though there's two more episodes in this season. Uh, if they, <laughs> if they move this to the end of the season, then it's kind of the perfect ending to the golden years for me. Mm-hmm. Um, also the next two episodes aren't my favorites, so, you know, take that as you will. Anyway, I think if they had inserted it earlier, though, it still would have worked. I think season seven would have been a fine place for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even season six, late season six, um, any earlier than that, it's maybe a bit too early in the run for us to be like, yeah, let's really think about what Homer would be like in real life. Yeah. At that point, it's like, no, let's send him to space. We're, we're, st- we're still having our, we're, ha- we're still having wacky adventures. Yeah, we're still having fun. We need him to fill in that wall. Of, we need him? Of, we need him to fill in that wall of We need and feed him? We need to s- 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 sneeds, feed, and seed, formerly Chuck's. <laughs> you ever see I that? Just need- <laughs> you ever see that, Dave? That sign? That sign gag? No. One of the great sign gags of all time. Simpsons yeah. is notorious for sign gags, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you might know. It's a mm-hmm. it's a dense show, so in um, in in one episode, uh, they go to a place called Sneed's Feed and Seed, formerly Chuck's. Nope. No. No. Not familiar with no. that one. No. So the gag is, mm-hmm. it's Sneed's Feed and Seed. If it was Chuck's, what would it be? Oh, <laughs> oh! I don't know what the rating of the show is. I can't say that out loud. <laughs> it's a two day. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you yeah. got it. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I got there. Ah, uh, that's fun though. It's good. It's one of Efe's favorite sign gags. Yeah, it's a good. And gag. he'll never let us forget it. No, no, no. And <laughs> which I is also why I, when I heard Greg just kind of slur his words together there, 
into what sounded like Sneed, I felt I had to point it out. Or we'd be getting letters from Ife. We'll still get letters from Ife. Oh, and yeah, and we encourage everyone to write so that he's not the only one doing it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Especially during this uh, this trying time, we would more than happily answer any emails. Um, on that note, I would like to issue a form a formal apology to Ife if he's listening. Um, oh. Now he <laughs> uh, on a previous episode we talked about uh, nicknames. Yep. And I went back and listened to the episode because he uh, he accused me of uh, of trying to steal his thunder. And oh, I okay. maintained that was not my intention. And I, I maintained that. I listened to the episode, and basically what happened was, uh, I say I said, I like, to, I like to use nicknames on my friends. Like, I like to come up with the nicknames. And you said, what about me? And I said, I said, I've used nicknames for you before. You said, what? I said, Thrillson. And yep. Ife, I think, just took that as me saying, I've cu- I came up with Thrillson. Uh-huh. But even in that episode, like, you asked, did you come up with that? I said, I don't think I came up with it, but I like to use it. But I got a, like, 6 a.m. text from him one morning. Oh, my God. Just screaming at me <laughs> about how, how he came up with Thrillson. And I I was like, I can't deal with this right now. <laughs> so I didn't even reply. <laughs> and then I talked to him about it in person later, and I thought it was funny. And then uh, I was like, I'll listen to the episode again. If I And if I tried to claim ownership, I will apologize. And while I maintain I, w- I didn't try to claim ownership, I'm still issuing this apology to him. As maybe he construed it that way. As a it was piece. not my intention. I don't. I. I will. I will <laughs> concede that perhaps you came up with it. I can't attest to that fact, but I can attest that I did not come up with it. I heard it from Ife probably first. No, yeah, that's and that's fair. And it's. I mean, like, it's it's quite obvious I came up with it. So yeah, yeah, we all know that you did. Yeah, we all uh, know that, and that's a that, fact. Yeah, that is a TBN fact. Yep. Add Mark the little it, stamp sound effect there. Notarize yeah. it. <laughs> sign it in triplicate. <laughs> you just need, like, the more you know sound effect. Like that, that good <laughs> yeah. 90s, like... Make a note here, Greg. Put it. Put in some uh, some sound effects. Let's get your producership up now that you're quarantined. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. What time are you we got time. You got time to... To add some fun sound effects. You got time to podcast. You got time to <laughs> clean that podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Homer's Frank enemy. Grimes. Frank. Or Grimy. As he liked to be called. So, David. <laughs> Greg. First episode watching The Simpsons in a long time. Mm-hmm. How did it feel coming back? What were your thoughts on this episode? Go ahead. Well, uh, there was a lot of this episode that was very of the time. There was a lot of, of, of different things that I think, if the same story was told nowadays, would have been animated very differently. And the one one part that comes very clearly to mind actually doesn't involve Frank Grimes at all. It involves Bart in the factory when he's sitting on the rolly chair with the fire extinguisher and he goes shooting off off camera. And I feel like had that been done nowadays, it would have been following him the whole way through the factory and it was just one of those little things that was like this is nice i'm okay with things happening off scene uh it was the same as when grimes was being yelled at by mr burns in the office you don't see it you just hear it through the door 
And which it's I, a good gag, too. It's a great gag. But I think nowadays we're so accustomed to seeing it uh, that it was really refreshing for me to to see it through a closed door. And maybe that's just I haven't watched The Simpsons much at all. Maybe they still do that. Um, I don't know. No, but you're I, right. The show is much more modernistic in that it's uh, afraid to not tell you everything and not show you everything. Yeah. Um, it's it's almost afraid to be still. It's a very hyperkinetic show, and it doesn't let any moments lie. Whereas this this incarnation of the show still lets moments breathe. Yep. And sometimes to great comedic effect, because I love the scene with Bart on the chair and shooting himself back with the fire extinguisher. It's so it's it's cute and it's hilarious and simple. Yeah, yeah. very simple. Um, I think my favorite joke of the whole episode is actually... Oh, wait, wait. No. Oh, that's a whole thing. That's a segment, my Okay. Hang on to that. (laughs) Hang on to that, which is very nice. We're just, we're we're edging the audience a bit. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly he doesn't listen to the podcast, Greg. Uh, Uh, He didn't know I was getting married until I showed up here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was a test. It was. Yeah. 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 You failed. Uh, So... Frank Grimes. Well, fuck. <laughs> Just keep drinking. Just keep drinking. Frank Grimes. Yeah. I want to talk about him. That's, let's talk about Grimey. Because uh, this is a, a, a character. It's a one-off character. This is the only episode he's in. And it's one of those things where normally they'd get a guest act, a guest voice to do That's this right. character. Yeah. Uh, especially around this time. It's very common to have guest uh, voices. Oh, God, what is that? Lethbridge. Don't worry, don't worry. Someone with a big dick outside just wanted everybody to know about it. Lethbridge. Oh, wow, that was, like, outside. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was, like, coming from a device or something. No, just... Outside, to... you, you tell me. Yeah, outside, yeah. That's a thing, huh? Yeah. Hmm. I've, have you heard about it? I've heard of, I've heard tales. I was there today. It's beautiful. Ooh. <laughs> uh, no, I took my dog for a walk today, so <laughs> I'm just being a dick. Um, anyway, they don't get a voice actor or sorry, a guest voice actor for this character. They give it to Hank Azaria. That's right. And Hank has actually said that this is the most he's ever worked on a character in the show. Um, and I think it's partly because it's the most real character they've, you know, designed and written. Uh, but also partly because the dark kind of nature of the episode, they didn't want to make it too blasé and too cartoony they didn't want to make him like like too realistic mm-hmm. you know it's still a cartoon but they wanted to make him realistic enough that you kind of feel that impact at, impact at the end and i actually i think i've never really sat down and this, this is the first time i've sat down and paid attention to his his voiceover work in this episode as frank grimes and it's it's very good it's incredible like it's a it's a honestly like I don't use this lightly it's a tour de force like yeah. it's very it's a very good uh realization of a one-off character that we never see never seen before and never will see again. Hmm. I was mentioning to Dave that I do think it was a it's like a, it's a coordinated approach to this character to making it incredibly alive and real because this one-off character has some subtleties to it that um, a lot of one-off characters wouldn't have or the subtleties would be more overt. Like, for example, I mentioned this before that um, he rubs his hand 
before he shakes anybody else's hands. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that, and that coupled with the fact that he is in, incredibly organized and incredibly uh, detail-oriented points to, like, well, it, it points to an obvious conclusion of, like, oh, is this OCD? But Dave came up with a much more subtle interpretation. Do you remember what that was? Uh, that he's addicted. He he thrives. He needs his routine. He needs his structure. He needs to go through everything picture perfect every day because this is, uh, and the episode even starts with him, his tragic backstory, which I think is is a great start. And he gets through it by this routine. He's gotten here. He's gotten to the point of being a nuclear uh I forget what his, his role is, he's but he's, he's an expert yeah. um, by having a routine that he follows religiously, devotedly. It's been the only constant in his life. And the television show, the episode, is very, very good at displaying that as his main anchor, his main focal point, because he truly starts to crack when that is upended with Homer. That's what really starts cracking him. That's what really makes him Homer's enemy. And I feel like the the episode does a really good job of building that uh, tension and to the moment where he, like, tells Homer, from now on, we're enemies. You know, yeah. because like he's it's it's very realistic because they could easily have made him like hate Homer immediately and just be like, oh, they just they just get got off on the wrong foot and they're just like mad at each other forever. But they they actually have Frank like do his best for quite some time before he just can't take it. And he's just like, I listen, stay away from me. I don't like you. In fact, I hate you. Uh, before that, you know, it's just like, oh, all right. Like, you know, please try and do better next time. Um, you know, I took the time to learn your name. The best you could do is learn mine. Like he's trying to be very polite about all these things that irk him. And yeah, I feel like a lesser show could have blown up his hatred for him very quickly. Uh, just to get to the funny jokes. How long does it take it? I I was watching the clock this time and I, I did notice that it was a surprising amount of time for him to actually, actually say from now on we're enemies. Is it the uh, is it the first it, act break? I think it might be the first act break, yeah. Yeah, okay. So the whole first act is like the build up to that. Second In, act is them interacting worse, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, third act is the the downfall. Yeah. In fact, this is a like this this episode, I feel like there's a bunch of people out there that I have spoken to in person who aren't fans of the uh B plot in this episode. Wacky Shack. Yeah, the the factory. Now, Dave, one of the things that we constantly keep going back to in this is that The Simpsons does become very reliant on B-plots mm-hmm. to carry uh, episodes past the 22-minute mark when they're running a little bit short. Yep. And a lot of the time, these B-plots have nothing to do with the A-plot. And that is the case in this episode. And we've talked about, like... A well-constructed episode is either A, an episode that has one concise plot that runs through it without any extraneous B plot, or an episode that has an A and a B plot that are intertwined in some way, shape, or form. Those are tight episodes. Mm -hmm. This one doesn't match that criteria as we lay it out in a format or in a formula. 
but I do think this episode is incredibly well written, and even the B plot, I think, is it's almost incredibly necessary because it's so silly and funny, whereas the A plot is kind of depressing. Like, I think it's silly and funny, but I think it thematically it runs very parallel to the A plot of it. Um, in that Bart's in the right place at the right time to get the factory. Bart has become his own self-made man through no effort of his own <laughs> and is really following in his father's footsteps. And yes, it's light and floofy, but I think it's thematically the same story as to how Homer got to be the secure, the, the head of safety at the Springfield nuclear power plant. Now, nice. to be fair, Bart does spend a buck. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's he fair. does. But he goes that's through not nothing. with it. Yeah, that's, well, He's, I mean. He spent dollar five because <laughs> he gave a nickel to Milhouse. That's right. Yeah. That's, whoa. He's a busy man. Also, wouldn't you need to pay, like, property taxes and shit on that factory? I don't know if he has it long enough. Well, yeah, like, <laughs> likely in the episode he doesn't have it long enough, but there's got to be more. Because I yeah. remember, here's the thing. I remember as a kid. <laughs> okay. This being, like, a weird fantasy of mine. <laughs> of, like, owning, pro- like, not owning property in general, I just like seems so cool. Like especially laid out in this episode where they're like just yeah, just doing whatever the fuck we want, like wacky shack and the the fire extinguisher and like all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that sounds great. I want that. And then so the fact that the episode has <laughs> him able to buy it for a buck, I'm like, as a kid, I'm like, this is my dream. I want to go to an auction and buy a piece of property for a buck. But as I got older, I realized it wouldn't be that simple. <laughs> Did you ever, while you were a child, go uh-huh. to an... Oh, my God. I was going to say an auction factory. Um, <laughs> you know, where, you, where they make the auctions. They make auctions, then they put them up on for bid, and then yeah. you bid on the auction, and then, mm-hmm. then, then you do the... It's a bad bit. Um, <laughs> When when you were a kid, did you ever, like, go to uh, an auction and be like, oh, I'm going to stick around and, and see if I can buy something for a dollar? I've never been to an auction in my life. No, really? <laughs> no. Dave? We had an auction at my farm, but I did not bid on anything. Oh, that's a shame. I hid in the backyard and watched The Simpsons. Guys, Mennonites. <gasps> you got you to gotta go to Mennonite auctions, baby. Baby. Yeah. What do they got there? Sausage? Definitely. Nice. Little chickens? <laughs> Some people call Wait. them chicks. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so baby chickens. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to call it a chickling, but I didn't. Mm, close though. Yeah. You're like your head stuck on ducks these yeah, days. Yeah, I wonder it's why. Like... Quack. Quack quack. Quack quack. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, to bring it back to the the A plot versus B plot, I, I do agree with Dave that it uh, it does it does thematically help. And also, I like that even though it doesn't really uh, affect the A plot at all, it still like ties into it with that subtle bit where it's like, here's Bart. He owns a factory downtown. And that's one of the other things that makes Grimy infuriated. You know, like it's just nice that they are able to slip it in there even subtly like that. And like you were saying, Greg, it's nice to have it as a small bit of levity to break up the. Uh, the incredibly dark story that we're watching. Yeah. Now, have you seen Hank, any of Hank Azaria's film work? 
guys. Like him as an actor? Yeah, film or television. Yeah. I've seen him in Mystery Absolutely. Men. Mystery Men, yeah, mm-hmm. the Blue Raja, which mm-hmm. doesn't Blue make Raja. sense whatsoever. <laughs> uh, there's, of course, his role in Heat, one of my favorite uh, reactions to Al Pacino in the, on the Earth. Just phenomenal. That's exactly how everyone in that movie should be reacting to Al Pacino <laughs> in that movie. You see, he had a great ass. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that the chicken... Was, was overcooked. Overcooked. <laughs> I got three dead bodies off of Venice <laughs> Boulevard, Justine. <laughs> oh, great movie. Oh, such a good movie. Uh, his work in Godzilla, of course. Oh, yeah. Cameraman. Another tour de force. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Um, Dave, did you know that the Godzilla 1998 Roland Emmerich film is low-key the first Simpsons movie? No, who else is in that one? Uh, Nancy Yardley Cartwright. Smith. Harry Shearer. Is Yardley, Yardley Smith in it? Yardley Smith's in it. Yardley Smith? Yeah. Yeah, Yardley Smith. She's like huh. a secretary or something. Yeah. It's like brief. Yeah. I think it's because one of the writers of The Simpsons worked on it or something. Yeah, four of the four of the principal, four of the six yeah. principal voice cast. All right. I'd say I'll go back and rewatch that, Don't. but I won't. It's very bad. I knew that as a 10-year-old and will you not You knew as a 10-year-old that movie was bad? Yes. Oh, that movie ruled when I was 10. There were eggs in Madison Square Garden as yeah. a cliffhanger. It was the best. I want to see Raptors. I want to see Godzilla 2 so bad, but instead we got the animated series and I watched the whole thing. <laughs> it came out the same year as uh um Lost World. Really? You know that? No, it didn't. 98? Wasn't that Lost World? Was that Lost World? I thought, thought so. I thought Lost World was like 97 or 95 even. Well, well original Jurassic Park was 93. Yeah. Um, And didn't Spielberg work on some other shit before Lost World? Anyway, Amist- whatever. Amistad. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did Amistad before Lost World. So I think Lost World was 98. Um, Because I think that's why... <laughs> 97, baby! Was it 97? Okay. So I think... <laughs> Anyway, I'm pretty sure the reason that Godzilla movie ends with basically raptors is because they were like, fuck, we got to we got to fight Jurassic Park. It's we a can't thousand percent because the yeah. Lost World came out and yeah. and they needed an ending. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, well, the big Godzilla is kind of like a, it's kind of like a T-Rex. It looks kind of like a baby T-Rex. Let's make a bunch of raptors. Make a bunch of raptor T-Rexes to go in with the babies. I go back to you guys needing to invest in the the more you know sound effect. Just to like (laughs) underlay all these nuggets of knowledge. Well, we're kind of brilliant in that way. Oh boy. Look at this. Look at this, baby. I can't. Just some some sick (laughs) D&D groups happening here. Oh my god! All right, yeah. <laughs> great, great content for this podcast. Terribly great. sorry, terribly uh, sorry. I got a little, I got a little distracted. Back to the point, which was Frank Grimes, Frank Grimes, and the B plot being actually thematically yep. relevant. And I hadn't thought about that. This mo- this episode is actually better. <laughs> there you go. So thank you guys. Yeah, no, no, no problem. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, also, they the writers have said they put in the B plot because they felt the A plot was too dark. <laughs> oh, nailed it! <laughs> so they wanted to they wanted to add a little uh, little something something. 
it feels like it. It does yeah. feel mm-hmm. like it with the amount of like with the jokes per second that they do in that plot. And and the thing is, like, I generally don't think this episode's that funny. It's not a super funny episode. No, like it's not a big laugh laughs episode. Um, and nowadays, I just think the character of Grimes is so interesting that a lot of what he says and does is pretty funny. But like contextually, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I think this briefcase and this haircut is very funny. Yeah. But really, this is him saying, like, like this is my life. Um, a bowling alley on top of another bowling alley. Oh, my God. That's like so funny. Such a but good But then line. I think about it, especially now, you know, as a renter, single adult living alone. I'm like, feel you, bud. <laughs> like, especially, how do people afford giant houses? I don't know. I don't get it. Especially with that. With with the animation that they're doing in that moment, he he gets he gets shadowed. He's like in the yeah. in the archway under the shadow, and he's like, "I live in a I live in a single bedroom apartment above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley." And he says it with such disdain, such disdain. <laughs> and he's just shrouded in darkness. That it's like it's kind of funny, but it's also like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. And then uh, and also the camera work when he arrives. First of all, like, uh, like just such great animation throughout. But, you know, when he arrives to the to the house uh, and he's like so disheveled, his briefcase is just like got papers jutting out of it. It's just like Packed. it's just such a great like choice. To, and he's just like, yeah, this better be important. Like he's so just done. Um, he's heading clearly to it wasn't... work at a foundry. <laughs> his other job. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, and you can tell because this is Homer trying to like mend fences and like it's funny how much Homer's attempt to uh, prove that he's a good person just infuriates Frank more. And you can tell he didn't say, hey, come over for dinner. He just said, I need to talk to you. Come over to my house. Yeah, because he shows up just like, what did you want to see me about? Like, he's so done with him. And then the animation choice when he actually observes the house, when it actually like pans across the whole living room and whatnot, it really like sets in for the audience as well of like, yeah, like you never think about it because it's a cartoon show. We're like, yeah, this is an insanely beautiful house, a palace. <laughs> like I say this monologue all the time, like, my yeah. God, this is a palace. Whenever <laughs> I go to somewhere that I actually think is a palace and I don't think yeah. people who live there could possibly afford it. Um even just like houses that are just big and nice yeah, just big. like they don't even need to be like the the like mansions i've been to mansions and been like yeah okay they're rich whatever yeah but then i go to houses that i'm just like this is insane this is so nice yeah. and it's not even that nice it's just big and roomy and feels not you know like it's 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 interesting how much our <laughs> perspectives change as we grow older yeah is what i'm realizing <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's also it's also very accurate because like what what does a house need to be to be a palace really for Frank Grimes it just needs to be really a house yeah something that's not a one bedroom apartment yeah or one room apartment and he and Homer have essentially almost the same job yeah at least competitive salaries and well maybe not after the sulfuric acid incident <laughs> oh yeah. Uh my, spill my precious acid. Yeah. My priceless. Right, priceless acid. It's priceless. <laughs> um and I just yeah, this moment too is just such a great 
exa- because okay, the other thing I I really thought about this time was how they could have made Homer jerk ass Homer, absolutely right, mm-hmm. and they could have made that so that the audience is on Grimes' side. In terms of like, yeah, Homer's being a dick. Like, why is he doing this? You know, it's so easy. But instead, they keep the tradition, the, the correct tradition of having Homer be lovable doofus. Yep. Where he's he's doing his best. He's trying. He thinks he's doing the right thing, but he's just. I mean, they're they're button heads for a reason, but it's also just that what he thinks is the right thing comes across as lazy, incompetent, or gloating, and that's how. Frank feels when he comes over to his house and you can tell Homer's like everyone be perfect. And it's even in the moment when he first introduces his family, he says, I just want, uh, he's like, what does he say? He's like, before we do anything, I just thought I'd introduce you to my perfect, perfect family, you know? And like, if you go into Frank Grimes shoes in that moment, this is after he's declared him his enemy. It's like, why, what are you doing? Like, you're just being a dick now bringing me over here and showing me how great your life is and then have all these pictures of you with former vice president or former presidents and in space former and president touring and former and, vice president and former vice. Yes. I yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't elected. I'm Jerry Ford. No, neither time. Neither time. Did you know that Dave? <laughs> no, but this is another key moment. Yeah. That nineties, the more, you know, yeah. right. that's the president. Time. Gerald Ford was appointed vice president. He sure was after Spiro Agnew resigned in disgrace. Mm-hmm. And then with Nixon, he became president after Nixon resigned in disgrace. Hmm. Yep. Nobody voted hmm. for Gerald Ford. No, he tried though. He tried to get reelected. Sure did. They didn't want him or <laughs> elected. Right. Re. Yeah. Reassigned. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Nobody to appoint anyway. this time, Jerry. <laughs> <sighs> Maybe we could eat beer and drink nachos. Eat beer and drink nachos. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, <laughs> See, the part that was actually really interesting to me about the episode was yeah. I didn't know anything going in. Uh, and when you told me just that brief synopsis of like the episode that we were going to watch and what it was about, I expected Homer's job to be threatened. Okay. I thought any other show would have had it as we wanted to root for Homer. We wanted to see Homer save his job by pulling up his bootstraps or something. That's where I expected, as as somebody who had no recollection of this episode, no idea if I've seen it before, I expected to be cheering for Homer against this guy. And even that that initial, when Burns tells Smithers, I need this guy working for me. That's where I expected the episode to go. That Homer's going to be threatened, and it's going to be Homer's enemy because this guy's going to steal Homer's friends, he's going to steal Homer's job, and Homer has to fight for it back. So Homer would declare him his enemy. Yep. Interesting. Uh, and I think a less creative show would have gone that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would have been very easy to do that. And it's a plot that we've seen a thousand times before. Yep. And the fact that the show was is able to invert that, subvert that entirely, and instead point that microscope on its own protagonist, Mm -hmm. its own main character, its most popular character is it's quite a sight to behold. Uh, what you didn't expect Dave was, uh, a dog pulling a toddler from the path of the speeding car and then pushing a criminal in front of it. (laughs) Nope. Didn't see that one coming either. So because that's his executive vice president. (laughs) That's right. That carries on. That's one of my favorite jokes. 
Not my favorite joke, but one of my favorite jokes. What was it like? Executive dog or something? They say. It's executive vice president. No, but isn't there a part later in the episode where they say like executive dog said something to me or something? Oh, I can't remember. Or maybe that's a deleted scene. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I just I love that idea that Burns is just like so quick to be like, ah, bring this person on. I want him to be my executive vice president. And Smithers even knows, like you can see in his reaction. Yeah. Mm, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. In the meantime, here's Frank Grimes. I'll <laughs> <laughs> um, just stick him somewhere out of the way and get me that dog. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to mention and that I really like, that I really appreciate about this episode too, is that uh, <laughs> everyone's on Homer's side. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like that's... that's what really helps drive Frank insane. I think yeah. is that. Especially like Lenny and Carl, like one of my favorite parts of the episode is when he's presenting his his new model yep. for the plant. And Frank is like expecting it to be like, oh, this is going to be great. It's going to be a great thing. Everyone's going to be like, look at this idiot. And instead, they're just like, shut up. We're missing. We're missing the contest. <laughs> and like, I especially love the line. Uh, what is it? It's like, but he but it was a contest for children. Yeah. yeah and Homer kicked their butts. <laughs> He says, beat their brains out. Right, beat their brains out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Carl funny. Carl like, really send him over the edge. And the fact like, that nobody gets it. <laughs> like, wouldn't that be fun to, like, I mean, maybe not, but like, to enter a contest for children and destroy them? And if they didn't put in the rules, like, <laughs> must be under a certain age. And she's like, yeah, I know it was made for kids, but I was the best. So money, please. There was no age restriction. Yeah. I win. You know, I've always liked Martin's model. That's that's something that... Oh, the I, one that actually creates power? Yeah, the one that generates power. I, I yeah. actually do like the design of it, how it kind of looks pyramidic in a way. It looks... Counterpoint, though, Greg. Yeah. Uh, I feel this racing stripe is pretty sharp. <laughs> and the flaps that cut down <laughs> the wind resistance. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> First place. Surprise. Oh, boy. Uh, um yeah it's a good one yeah uh when he's when he's com frank is trying to commiserate with the other uh employees because especially when they first introduce each other it's like it's like oh we yeah uh carl and i both have our masters yeah um and so he's like uh, he you can tell he kind of like zeroes in okay well these these people are smart at least it's just homer that's a problem here when in reality it's the whole town like it's springfield's a garbage dump yeah uh yeah he would never but, last he would never last no yeah but he he tries to commiserate with them like, you know, oh, man, uh, can you believe this guy? And they're all just like, so what? He had what was it like? He had three beers at lunch. That would make anyone sleepy. Accidents have doubled and meltdowns have tripled <laughs> since he became safety inspector. Safety inspector. It's wild. It makes it's, more jobs. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. The power plant is very important to the economy of Springfield. Stimulating it, bringing in new residents. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so what do we think of his tragic demise? It's, uh, it's, it's the only way it could have ended, I think. Unfortunately, yeah. like it is. And I, I again, I, I tried to kind of watch it with a different attitude this time, in a sense, to just kind of like pick up on 
what feelings I'm getting from the episode, because I've always loved this episode. Uh, I've read people who didn't like it when it aired, but have since developed an appreciation for it as they get older. So people who grew up with it. Um, but I always liked it. I always thought it was like funny, um, interesting. I love the Grimes character. Um, but like the moment when he grabs the, the high voltage wires and dies, it's like, I I was kind of like trying to like put myself in the world if this happened in real life, if I w- existed in re- in Springfield and I witnessed this, and that would be traumatic as fuck. <laughs> oh yeah, very yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it does make sense as like the way to end this character arc in a sense. Mm. Um, if they just had him be like, all right, I give up, I have to leave or whatever, it just won't wouldn't have the same impact. It'd just be like, yeah. That makes sense. He, yeah, of course he'd leave. Then you w- wouldn't be able to do the um, murder mystery sequel, oh, which we all know. Yeah, we all know is one of my favorite episodes. It's definitely one of the greats. <laughs> <sighs> An episode that we definitely won't talk about ever. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna have to do that on Patreon, won't we? Yeah, definitely, probably. Uh, anyway, we got some more Bob episodes to cover, so yep. that's one of them. Of those. Anyway, uh, yeah, the the end is it's it's sad. It's dark. The darkest the show's ever been, I think. Um, and then it also like ends with such a like I don't know. It's just so perfect. The the funeral and Homer sleeping. <laughs> Completely oblivious, oblivious to the fact that he drove this man to death. Change the channel, Marge. And everyone laughs and says, that's our, that's Homer. our Homer. And it's like, wow, yep, no one's learned anything <laughs> in this world. So, and they never will. That. And they never will. Dave, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, sh- it's a, pardon the pun, shocking ending. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do you think of it? I liked it. Yeah? I did. Uh, I think right from the beginning of the episode, that's uh, how I was expecting it to end. When it finally revealed what the episode was about? Uh, No, right from when Kent Brockman, right at the beginning, talks about this is the tragic story of Frank Grimes. Like, maybe that's my Shakespearean, like, when you say the word tragic, I expect everyone to die. Obviously, you're not killing off the cast of The Simpsons. This isn't South Park. So it has to be Frank. Frank has to die by the end of this episode. And he has a line partway through uh, where he just very casually says, if this happens, I'll die a happy man. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and that just reinforced it. It was like, oh, he's going to die. Uh, when he said that, because I think it's in reference to, to Homer getting in trouble. If Homer if If, if I could prove his... that, if I could prove to that Homer Simpson was as dumb as a eight-year-old, I would die a happy man. And I actually thought he was going to die a happy man. I thought he was going to prove to somebody Homer was incompetent. He was going to die. It's a full tragedy, though. It's uh, yeah. He got nothing. Yeah, but a shocking demise. Yeah. Something I've always loved is the smash cut to the grave. Just to the gravestone, <laughs> the most plain Dung. gravestone doesn't even have dates on it. Doesn't have a an epitaph. Oh. It has nothing. It just says Frank Grimes or Grimy as he liked to be called. And 
uh, when Homer says, change the channel, Marge, everyone's laughing. That's our Homer. And the coffin is being lowered. Nobody's even paying attention to Frank Grimes. And as Ellen said, we haven't learned a thing. It's a... Uh, it's so, it's so low key dark. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't bring attention to the fact to to how just how maudlin it is. <laughs> but it is. It's it's incredibly, it's incredibly sad. But it's also so funny. And you're right, Dave. It's the only way it could end, because because our narrator Kent Brockman starts the tale. Mm-hmm. He is the he he is the two households narrator. Yep. At the beginning of Romeo and Juliet in this, uh, wow. Play reading and analysis paying off eight years later. Yep. <laughs> um, well, Alan, shall we cross on over to the reference desk? We sure can. All it's right. the shortest one ever. Yeah. Uh, basically, Michael Douglas's character in Falling Down. Oh, Totally. That's the that's the character design that they gave Frank Grimes. Yeah. And that's it. Have you seen Falling Down? I've not. Joel Schumacher's Falling Down? I, I'm aware. <laughs> it is rough. Yeah. I watched um, that movie when I was a shitty 10th grader, <laughs> and I loved it, which means it's bad. <laughs> which means it's bad, yeah. It's, yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> um, yeah, arguably Smashing Pumpkins and Gerald Ford are reference as well, but that's more of a reference to the show than it is to them. Yeah. You could argue that, but yeah, no, this is like so light on references. Cause it's just focusing on the Frank Grimes story. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So there you go. Um, episode MVP. It's grimy. It's grimy. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have a voice in this. Oh yeah, like, no, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta say, and you, you remembered to cut his mic, right? I absolutely. He hasn't been on for an hour. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> The more you know. <laughs> What's our favorite joke? Uh, Dave, you had one locked and loaded. I did. What's your favorite joke? Uh, my favorite joke of the episode actually comes from the B plot. Okay. It's Millhouse saying, I watched. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch. I watched it start to fall down. I watched it fall down. Yeah. <laughs> Just like over. that whole that whole bit. Again, we don't know how it fell. We yeah. don't need to know how it fell. It's yeah. another thing that happens off screen and I laughed way too hard at at that being like Oh. You laughed pretty hard at another moment in the in, in the B plot, which was so this is my life. At least I turned out better than dad. Yeah. I love that part. It's <laughs> it's it's the the embodiment of the American dream. <laughs> The American dream is to do absolutely nothing and have everything. Yeah. And to do better than your father. And to do better than the generation before us. Yeah. Um, mine is, mine's tough. I, I've got two. So, um, Alan, if you don't mind, um, I'll, I'll take this unless you want to, you want to do yours. Go for it. All right. Um, first sentence of the episode (laughs) which if true means death for us all is one of the great ways to begin an episode in the history of this show it's just so funny and Homer when Grimy is visiting Homer showing off his wall of pictures and then saying uh, when Grimy says you've been to space he says sure you've never been and then there's a long beat, and he says, would you like to see my Grammy Award? <laughs> <laughs> no! 
No, I would not. <laughs> I always think is very, very funny. The show has a long history of um, taking a big crap on the Grammys. Uh but this is just so... And rightly so. And rightly so. And this this is just so funny. Hey, no one wants your garbage down here. <laughs> Ding! Or don't throw your garbage down here. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> that was a Grammy. Or was that... Yeah, that was a Grammy, because that was Homer. Yeah. Because yeah. the... they also make fun of the Emmys a bit. Um, yeah. When Sideshow Bob gets one. But anyway. Hmm. Um, my favorite joke is basically the, the joke that I feel is not only the... the epitome of the episode it's the episode in a in a in a capsule but it's also the one that made me laugh out loud watching it here alone in isolation um and it was (laughs) frank grimes staring out the window at homer cackling madly (laughs) homer getting into his car backing into frank grimes car and immediately driving away And just Grimes' reaction of like, <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> Did you notice that right next to the sign that said reserved for Frank Grimes, it says reserved for Lenny? Full I stop. did see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not Lenny Leonard. Yeah. No, just Lenny. <laughs> Lenny. I'm Lenny. I'm Lenny. Oh, a good another one is like uh, Lenny tell Mr. Burns I'm going home to work on the contest immediately <laughs> before that moment, and it's like have yeah. a good summer, love Lenny. <laughs> it's just a picture of Lenny. It's one of those things. I don't know why Lenny's just a really funny character that a lot of people have a fixation on in Springfield. Yeah, yeah. They start to play it up a bit more later with like not Lenny. Yeah, I mean that's the best joke in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the bowling one? Sure is. Yeah. It's that episode that I that you that I was watching and you came over when we were gonna record at one point mm-hmm. and I was like, no, this is a good episode. I stand for it. And uh then we finished watching it and I was very sad. <laughs> a uh a chill a chilling vision of things to come <laughs> next season. Which if true means death for us all. Death for us all. <laughs> uh great start to the episode. <laughs> One of my favorite, especially games. in these times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kent's people. That's a fun little. Have we ever seen that before? I think that's the only time we've seen that I think, segment. I think it is. Yeah. 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 I love when they do that. I love when they just introduce new, like, news segments on the show. Yeah. That theoretically happen often, but we as an audience never see them. Yeah. Anywho, guess that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's it. That does it. We did it. We did it. Yeah. We got two more left in this season. Holy, bud. holy crap. Next one is a Simpsons spinoff showcase. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Where uh, there'll be Big Daddy and Regular Daddy. Oh, hey, you know what? Hmm. We might actually be able to get um, the uh, co-host of the Venerable Cinevals podcast on that. Ali Direct. That's that's how you're introducing her? Sure. Yep, that's uh, how I'm introducing <laughs> her. That's exactly how I am. Because that's... That's the relationship you guys have. That's okay, our yep. relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it professional, guys. God damn All right, all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because she's, uh, she's coming back to the country. Yeah. For, for you know, other no, reasons. No, no yeah. reasons we don't that we need to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. well... Thanks, gents. Thanks to Dave for joining us this time around. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Um, I'm glad that we could do this and that we could put out some more content in these uh, in these uncertain times. 
But mm-hmm. uh, rest assured, we are there with everyone out there. We uh, we hope that you can stay safe, stay healthy, and find some way to entertain yourself. Uh, connect with an old friend. Create a listen to a podcast. L- perhaps listen to a podcast, and maybe uh, go back and listen to all those episodes you've been putting off. I'll find out that you're engaged, Greg. Yeah, you can do that on this show. Yeah. And if you if you need more content from us, yeah. You can subscribe to our Patreon for only two bucks a month. Holy crap, we've got over twenty-five episodes on there. That's a lot. And if we hit our goal, yep. our new stretch goal That's of a hundred dollars, right? Hundred dollars per month, yep. We will launch Simpsons D and D. That's right. The Simpsons RPG D and D. Uh, it's, it's, it'll be a Patreon. It's going to be fun. It'll be a Patreon exclusive if we make our stretch goal. That's right. Yeah. So tell your friends to subscribe. Uh, I know everyone's in uncertain times economically right now, but, uh, definitely will help us. And if you have the means and you enjoy our stuff, we very much appreciate it, especially right now. Uh, it's just two bucks a month. And like I said, you get all the content that we release um zombies zombie simpson episode reviews we do some cinepals returns so like movie reviews uh we've done some other weird fun stuff like uh simpsons jeopardy um movie commentaries movie commentaries that's right we did all the spider the sam raimi spider-man movies and uh, i think we're gonna any deleted scenes that we felt didn't match or work uh you know tangents that were just too much for the, for yeah. the main feed yeah, we, we we do try and trim those down, as we know some people do not enjoy those. Um, but uh, but if you do enjoy them, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> then you got you got lots to listen to on the Patreon. That's right. So um, yeah, but uh, we're also I don't know what our plan is in the immediate future, but I definitely obviously we're going to finish this season out, and then we're going to uh, do a recap as we do for season eight. Yep. And honestly, if things are not changed much we might just roll right into season nine yep and just start going yep uh so you know look out for that um because you gotta have a reason to get out of bed in the morning that's the number one thing that i would recommend to everyone find a reason it's easy for dave he's a father so he's got that covered (laughs) i get woken up i mean really the or not yeah the number one reason i get out of bed in the morning is to go number one so (laughs) there you go even if it's just that (laughs) Stay <laughs> out of bed. I go back to bed though. Maybe anyway, piss in your backyard. Um, That'll get you outside. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's done, right? Let's. This uh, is done. Yeah. Okay. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, email us at the Hammock District on third at gmail.com Numerical three. And you can of course find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bad Neighbors Pod. Um, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe to our Patreon. Thank you very much. And keep watching the skis!